Hello and welcome to Frameline. I'm Barbara Gosofsky and I'm here with Courtney Small, my favorite co-host. Hello, how are you today? Good, how are you? Oh, not too bad. Good. We are having a really interesting show today. We're going to do some highlights from two film festivals that are coming up and they both feature the number seven. It's a spooky day. Oh, it's the seventh. Today yeah. is this June 7th. And we're going to talk about the seventh annual Breakthroughs Film Festival. First, we're going to talk about the seventh annual Toronto Japanese Film Festival. But for that information, you need to go to torontojff.com. The film festival actually starts tonight, and it's at the Japanese Canadian Cultural Centre, which is also why you need to go to torontojff.com, because that will tell you where where it is. Or if you haven't been there, it's it's a real gem of a space. Actually, it's great for film screenings, so it's a really, it's a really great place to go. But it will also tell you the entire schedule of the festival, because the festival starts tonight and goes until June 20. Ninth, so it's a big long festival with a ton of stuff, and uh, you know, as usual, we can only talk about a few, which kind of breaks my heart. But there's you only know. so much time in a day. <laughs> there's only so much time, and we are talking, you know, highlights. So that's always fun. Uh, the opening night film tonight. You know, you could actually listen to the show and then go and see if you can get in there. the The opening night film is it's. Uh, it's quite the the fantasy film, and it's definitely a Disney meets manga. You know, the Japanese create like the manga films are really quite extraordinary. So this this film, Destiny, the Tale of Kamakura, is, uh, is it will not disappoint uh, if if you love that kind of filmmaking. But yeah, this, in in this case, to me, it was you know this this fascinating Disney meets manga. Fantasy, romance, uh, magic. It's got magic realism and. Yeah, it's got a bit of everything. It does. In there. And it's just a touch creepy. Enough creepy to keep you. Because sometimes it, it's a little cute and uh, that little bit of touch of creepy just slides right in there and just keeps you. <laughs> oh, that's <laughs> keeps, funny. I didn't. Kept me interested. I didn't get the, the creepy aspect of it. Because um, some of that, okay, well, some of the fantastical, some of the, the magic realistic elements that, that creep in. That come in, and that they actually sometimes literally creep in in the form of these bizarre creatures that exist only in this the world of this film. That was creepy enough for me, but maybe because I'm not the horror aficionado as you are, I get oh, I'm I get more easy. <laughs> well, you are here. I've seen a few films, but you are yeah. here, and uh, so I'm I get creeped out maybe easier than you do. But it was just you know, enough of a little twist on things. That happened once in a while that, you know, kept me interested. See, I found for me, um, I didn't like this one as much as you did. I, I, I liked the world that the film created. Um, I thought that whole magical world and following this writer slash professor as he's trying to track down his wife who's been, I guess, taken by the goddess of death in this into, oh, yes. into this strange realm um the world itself was interesting i just there was something about the the writer's central arc that like i just didn't find him um a really captivating character to match all the craziness that's going on in the world mhm well he's he for me he he definitely was a a centering point you know mm-hmm. the fact that his character was not as fantastical and bizarre as some of the other things going on in the film just sort of centered the film. But like I said, sometimes 
just a bit cute. Yeah, it's it's you know it's a a light film to to start off the the festival with. Absolutely. Um, I just want to go on to another film. That's going. I know you haven't seen this one, so I'll just wax poetic sure, myself about this one. Um, called the Scythian Lamb, and uh, wow, this one, this one is a thriller. Um, that is just so captivating to, in the way in the things that cause the suspense in the film, and one of the things is the director's choice of shooting um, a lot of lot of extreme close-ups. So it starts off, you know, as a kind of a interesting premise. Um, there's a population de- decline in this small seaside, seaside town, and the town decides to welcome six strangers into their, you know, kind of closed, you know, small towns, small towns everywhere, kind of closed, closed off. And so these six strangers come into that in a very formal way, you know, they're sort of ushered in. And, uh, and it turns out that it's part of a government-sponsored program and that there's something that these characters have in common. And, you know, it's not something that, that they want telegraphed. So there's, there's something about them that's, that, you know, could cause a problem in the town. Um, so you get to know these characters. You get to know the main character as well. He, he's the government official who has to basically care for them and, in the words of his boss, has to make sure that they never meet so that they never can cause any trouble together. They cannot get together and conspire. So the character is very quirky Except for the main guy, you know, the main government guy. Once again, you have like a character that sort of centers the, the grounding, action. Person, the grounding. Yeah. That's the word I'm looking for, grounding, right? And these absurdist flourishes start happening in the characters, in the story. And then when things really start to gel, when the, the film comes together, all their stories start coming together. And you really understand and you really have built a sense of who these people are and what's going on with them and how different they all are but how much they have in common, then it really takes off and you know something's going to happen. And so the director has this wonderful policy, like wonderful strategy of torturing you with these extreme close-ups, holds them a little bit too long and sometimes – yeah, what you're afraid of happens, and sometimes it doesn't. And oh, <laughs> that's, that's what keeps you going, oh, my God, I know something's going to happen. But it's like, oh, it doesn't happen this time. But keep watching it. And he just keeps torturing you and torturing you. But it's like torture is not the good word. He's, he's toying with us. Mm-hmm. And that, that's really what, what makes the, that and the, you know, the, the characters that he builds up. It just really makes us so fascinating and it it really moves so much and there's so much in there like in terms of a mix of styles and genres and moods it's dark humor suspense romance drama and uh the ending just will floor you it's, oh okay yeah it's it's incredible so the scythian lamb and that's not coming up until saturday so you have time to look up that one um one i'll bring up that i don't think you've seen is the the third murder um, by Hirokazu Koreeda. Mm-hmm. And this film is, it's a slow burn kind of thriller. It's about this lawyer who takes on this case and the person that he's defending is already in jail for another crime. 
that he um, had committed. And as the lawyer is investigating this current case and starts delving into the previous one, questions start coming about whether or not the man who's in jail actually committed the crime he's in jail for. And it's, again, one of those thrillers that takes its time, it builds, and it's got a great ending. Uh, I know some people who are big fans of Koreeda, there's been a lot of debate on whether or not this is amongst his better works or if it's just a, a It sounds very different, like the films that I've seen. This, the films that I've seen tend to be heartbreakers. Yeah, this one's a, a little different, but still, I, I thought it was still very good. But I think the, the slow pacing might... Um, turn off some, but stick with it because yeah, no, it's, from what I've seen, it builds of Korea, to a yeah. really interesting ending that you'll be thinking about and wanting to discuss. But this has like a, a Koreeda kind of slow style, slow burn that builds to something with a thriller aspect to it. Yeah. I'd be interested. Yeah, in yeah. I would say it's d- different in the the thriller genre. And as this lawyer is delving deeper. And, you know, what he's finding is a little disturbing at times. And, you know, you start to question his motives and also the motives of the man accused. And are other people at Pele or is this all one big mind game? Mm, That sounds great. Okay, so uh, the last one we're going to talk about, um, it's showing on June 16th, Hanagatami. Um, the The veteran filmmaker Nobuhiko Obayashi in 2017, he found out that he was uh, dying of cancer. Uh, he had stage four cancer, which is the you know the last stage. And his response, in response to that, he wanted to fulfill a 40-year-old filmmaking dream he had, and uh, that dream was to bring to life, to filmic life, cinematic life, this uh, novella by Kazuo Dan. And he does so in this film. It's a very long film. Well, not very long. I no, mean, I've, I've seen seven-hour films, so I shouldn't say. Yeah, that, but it's, two still, and a half hour it's two film. and a half hours, and it it does feel a little long considering the the type of styles. Like there's a lot of styles going on in this in this film. Yeah, it's very like to me. I, I appreciated the fact that it played with dream and nightmare and sort of went along mm-hmm. the borderlines of of what those two are. Um, but really, um, what comes out in the end is this sort of. Uh, you know, William Blake, the poet, you know, innocence versus experience, right? So uh, it very much goes from one extreme to the other, showing you the innocence, the experience, and how actually some people get caught um, in in having to go too quickly from innocence to experience. The film takes place uh, during uh, the spring of 1941, so some of these characters have to go to war. Yeah, the Pacific War is looming through mm-hmm. a lot of the film. Yeah, so you know that 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 happens, and so that some of them are just not ready, like they're too innocent, and then this happens. Yeah, and it's again, the, there's a lot of different styles going on though, because it, this film reminded me a lot of when we were talking about the films of is it Ulrich Ottinger? Ulrika. Ulrika. Ulrika Ottinger. Yes, when we were talking about her films and the way how she incorporates the the theatrical. You know, and there's certain oh, yeah. s- there's a certain scenes in this in this film. Actually, there's several scenes that feel as if it's done like a like a stage play, you know. And th- some of the acting at times can be very theatrical, almost over theatrical. Yeah, the over the top. Yeah. yeah. Okay, and that so that's that's all we want to say about Hanagatami. 
which is playing on June 16th. So, yes, for all information about the festival, like I said, it's the seventh annual Toronto Japanese Film Festival. And there are 26 premieres that are going to happen throughout this month of June because the, the festival starts tonight and it goes until June 29th, all at the Japanese Canadian Cultural Center. And so go, go to torontojff.com for that. Okay, so, you know, it's Toronto is the city of festivals, so... Plenty of festivals. Plenty. Never never a weekend without a festival. I, I know. Think, which is great, which is great if you're a cinema lover. Exactly. So much to do and so much to enjoy, and the variety is just incredible. And speaking of variety, uh, the 7th Annual Breakthroughs Film Festival, it's a, it's a festival that showcases short films by emerging women filmmakers from around the globe. Now, you may think, well... Okay, so it's just films by women, but no, the variety here and in, in the scope. And when I look back and, and think of the, f- the films that I've seen and that I've really enjoyed, and I think these are just emerging filmmakers mm-hmm. and the skill and the mastery of the cinematic style, the cinematic language is, is so, so strong, you know. Uh, this is very strong filmmaking and shorts, you know, shorts are fantastic because if you're not into one, the next one will just entice you. Yeah, you're, so. you're bound to find at least three or four that you'll you'll enjoy. Yeah, it's only a two day event, so really uh, both both um, both programs are highly recommended. We're just going to talk like a small sampling, mm-hmm. and um, yeah. So I guess let me start here. Yes, this on Friday night on on June fifteenth, Friday night. The screening begins at seven thirty. Um, there's a film that I particularly liked, which uh, is called Night, and it's from the Netherlands. It's, it's I can't I can't believe the impact of this film. A short film, nine minutes, but really says so much, and it's going to be a conversation starter because um, it's about a woman and her, her cousin who comes to visit, and they want to go out dancing. And so uh, this woman invites two of her friends. Now, what, what turns out is that uh, the two women are black and the two friends are white. And this is significant because of what happens in the film. They take the white women to a black club, black as in all the patrons are black, the, the people running the, the club are black. So they get in line and it's one of those, you know, typical clubs where, you know, you have to get in line and if the bouncer likes you, he'll let you in. But in their case, it's even exacerbated by the fact that they're all underage. So they have fake ID. Uh, but the two women, the two black women who, you know, this is their club, they know the guy and they, in fact, have a certain relationship with him and, in fact, uh, a crush both of them are fighting over who he gives attention to more. Now, the other women, not, they don't know the club. They don't know the guy. And on top of that, um, if I may say, they behave in a very like, out of duck, out of water kind of way. Like, oh, so they, they, they're they very actually uncomfortable, behave, yeah. Yeah, they're, they're, they obviously appear very uncomfortable. But then, you know, the, the bouncer doesn't know them. And he's like, and he can tell that they're all, you know, he, he lets the other two in because he knows them. But they, these two, 
you know, he gives them some trouble and they start copying an attitude even though they get inside. So what happens is the tension in the relationship between the two black women and the two white women. And it's significant for me to bring up their races because what the film eventually does is flip the points of view. And when it does that, I'm not going to go into detail because this is the, the strength of the film. When it does that, it it's sounds simple and it's oh so complex what happens. Oh, really? And the impact of it is so, so almost, it's beyond eye-opening. It really, it really has a strong impact on anyone who's watching. So it shows you how a point of view of one thing or a particular event can be taken two different ways yes, based and it, on people's exactly. background. And people's background, history, yeah. the way they see the world, that the way that they have been treated in the world. Um, also, um, you know, oh, there was something about, you know, when, when things get flipped on you, you it, the, the film starts to show you a point of view of privilege. If this is your club and this is your neighborhood, and, you know, and someone who is so removed from that comes in, it really, let's say, you know, it really showcases white privilege. Oh, interesting. In a I'm really, really, really interesting way, you know, that I hope will spark a lot of conversation. Mm-hmm. It's unforgettable. It's a film called Night. Um, so on Saturday, I know uh, you, there's some films you saw from here. Oh, I probably did. I, I didn't write down which days are they're showing. But, well, um, I know that you've seen Nana. Yes, I have seen Nana, and it's really great um animated short film by Ali Kellner and it tells the story of Vera Reiner and how she as a young girl was taken from her home in Budapest and this is during World War II so she was taken by the Nazis and basically held prisoner with many other women um, for for several years and it, it, it talks about her her plight from the moment she was taken uh, apparently she was ratted out by a boy who had a crush on her that she politely rejected and he called the SS on her. So, you know, she's had a very hard life and it's, I think the short's only about five minutes or so, but the animation is, is really well done. And every time you think, all right, I've, I've heard enough about the Holocaust you get stories like this where you're like, Oh, that's fascinating. You know, it, yeah, it different adds perspective, a, an, yeah. another perspective that is really worth seeing. So I highly recommend checking that one out. And um, to get back to your conversation about race relations, uh, there's a f- short film I watched called work by Claire Allure, which I really liked. And it's a film about two sex workers. I believe they're from Toronto. Um, uh, one's a black male, one's an Asian female, and they're talking about their experiences in the adult film industry, the adult um, web industry, because they also do cam work. And they talk about how they have to deal with racism, racism within that industry and just the fact that their ethnicity automatically makes them like the low person on the totem pole and how they can't get certain jobs because they're not the the blonde hair blue eye yeah like vision. client preference exactly you know um there anyone who's a sex worker who does anything you know on camera is is on display you know puts well they they participate in this relationship right but what, what happens when the other person doesn't want to participate with you when they reject you just based on mm-hmm. your look and this is, you know, an intimate sort of conversation about that. Yeah, and even the people that, that hire them, like there's, 
I, I forget which um, individual said it, but they were talking about how if you're catering to a specific demographic, then you're you're short-sighted, especially from a business perspective, because you're assuming that the only people that consume adult um, pornography is this one particular group, which isn't the case. And one thing I liked about this short is they also raised the fact that in many ways, a lot of these adult performers are more than just people who have sex on camera or who, or who are yeah, naked. They're actually exactly. in many ways therapists because they're often having to interact with fans who are lonely, have certain issues. And then they talk about sex workers and their role with the disabled, you know, people who have disabilities that, you know, they're still human beings. They still have sexual urges and it adds a interesting light onto it. And especially coming, you know, days after Giuliani was talking about Stormy Daniels and alluding that people in that industry, you know, do not have any type of reputation. And you see a short film like this and it's like, no, these are, these are still people at the end of the day. Exactly. Yeah. I, I, that What he said was he basically, you know, put down the, her as someone you can't take seriously because of what she does mm. and it's so refreshing to have two individuals speak as individuals with thoughts and feelings uh, that matter yep. and to have you know this filmmaker put them on camera and and you know give them a voice like this and even the the way how um, she films it and uses like different types of color palettes and visuals and certain scenes like bubbles like she she really makes it an engaging film so you're you're getting knowledge and it's still visually interesting yes absolutely i agree um that's claire allure work uh okay i think we both saw girl eating banana yes that one <laughs> that's a u.s film by natasha babenko it's about a, a young woman auditioning to be the girl that eats the banana yeah and it it, it takes i i didn't know how to take this film by the time it ended because it starts off like a really biting, dark comedy. Because as you're seeing this woman audition and having to eat the banana and the director, is, um, who's a, a woman, is giving her directions, she starts to politely insult her. And oh, then yeah. like, directly <laughs> insult her. And then things start to get very dark to the point where it's like, oh, is this supposed to be a horror film? Like, I couldn't. By the end of it, I, I didn't know how to take it. Huh. Well, I took my cue from The Voice. So you, all you see, it's one shot, and you see the girl eating the banana, the, the woman who's auditioning. And you hear this director's voice. And as you're watching the, the image, she, the, the person, person, people auditioning, if they really, really want something, they are really at the mercy of the person you know, behind the camera or the person that they're auditioning for. So, you know, this this woman, this woman's voice starts being very picky. The director, the director's voice is like, oh, yeah, no, I don't like that. Oh, okay, put the camera down. And so the camera starts going up and down her body. So then that, for me, that brings up issues, of, you know, about appearance, issues about how hard this person has to work to be accepted, how hard this woman what, the way this woman is judged. And I think as it builds towards the ending, it's like the limits. She she goes beyond, I think, certain limits that you or I would go through, but that's because it, the film takes it to this ridiculous point where how much do you want this part? Yeah, that's par I think that's part of it. I, I, I could see that. But then I started thinking of how a lot of that 
maybe not to the the dark extent it goes on, but a lot of that still happens in Hollywood today. You know, Absolutely. We, we talk a lot about Harvey Weinstein and the things that he made actresses do, you know, to get roles or in stifle careers. And there was, I don't know, I just, I, I guess maybe maybe the fact that it unsettled me to a certain degree was the point. Because I, I kept watching this and going, okay, I know this happens, mm-hmm. but what am I supposed to take from this? And when they would do things like focus on her feet, or, or or talk about different aspects of her appearance. It's like, but she, you still want her eating that banana, even well, though it's that's, yeah, that's you know, that's the like bigger issue. Yeah. It's not just you know this happening on camera, not just this happening um, in Hollywood. It's like this happens every day, mm-hmm. and it's so and the way the film gets in your head and it's so insidious. It remind it just made me think of how insidious it is. In society, like not only are men judging women, but other women are judging other yeah. women, and any woman looking in the mirror, whatever she's thinking, whatever I think when I look in the mirror, is the product of so many other kinds of outside forces, like that voice, mm-hmm. and that voice is representative of so many things. This is a brilliant one to watch. Like you just have to see this and let. Let the things, let your reactions and your thoughts and everything, let it all just happen because it's going to be a rich experience for you. Yeah, it's definitely, definitely one that ha- has stuck in my mind. Like all, yeah. these, all three of these that I've discussed today stick with me, but that one in particular, and I think probably because I'm still trying to figure out my thoughts on it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Th- that's why I, I love this festival. There's so much... There's so much that, that comes out of it. It's so, it's so great to see these things, but it's also so great to think or talk or mm-hmm. you know um, and I'm going to end on uh, what sort of the funniest if I <laughs> there's nothing cut and dry in this festival it's it's the funniest but it's also it's got its own uh, interesting impressions that it leaves on you okay right it's called I Love My Robot Boyfriend by Soraya May from the US and um this this woman Shelley, this young woman Shelley, uh, total science geek, and uh, she's she's doing the science experiment of her own. I don't know if she's been asked to do this, but it's of her own, and she's such a. It's like a throwback to you know something because everything's so pink. So it made me think of these like teen movies from like way back, oh, okay. way 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 back, like of. Like this, Beach like, Blanket Bingo? Yeah, kind that kind of, okay. of stuff in 1950s sort mm. of aesthetic of the perfect guy and being the girl. So on one hand, she's a science geek, totally, you know, going outside of those stereotypes and being a modern woman. And on the other hand, you go into her room, everything's pink. Everything is pink and girly and, you know. And so what she does is she builds a robot boyfriend. And she has programmed him to behave in certain ways. And so when he does, as he's been programmed, she has a really interesting reaction. Oh, okay. Yeah, that makes her think twice. Makes everybody think twice. Yeah. What do you really want? Be careful of what you want. Yeah, because the minute you said that um, she programs him the way that she wants, I was like, that can't be good. <laughs> that can't be good. <laughs> but because- it's everything she wants. This is everything she believes is romantic. Okay. That's interesting. I'm going to have to check that one out. (laughs) At least that's what she thinks at the beginning. (laughs) (laughs) 
<laughs> so, yes, you know what? It, this event is only happening on the weekend, but man, you're going to have so much fun. It's so much going on. The seventh annual Breakthroughs Film Festival, showcasing short films by emerging women filmmakers from around the globe. So, multitude of visions here. June 15th and 16th at the Royal Cinema. Go to breakthroughsfilmfestival.com. All right. Yeah, plenty to it. see. Yes, plenty to see. And there's stuff we even have, have not talked about, but. There's, what, what's your expression? There's only so much time in There's the day. There's only so much time in the day. There you go. All right. Those are the, the wise words of Courtney Small. And uh, so thanks for listening, and uh, we'll catch you soon.